some of the times I used to come and pass through as a young sannyasi to the uh, Laguna Beach Temple. Remember my class on Advaita Charya that one time? Yes. Yeah. Memorable occasion. So. I remember when you, one time you came and you had your bus. <laughs> See, I had a bus still. So. Yeah. <laughs> Before I saw you, other devotees in town came to see you. The large complaint against me. Afterwards, you sent for me, and you said, "Agni, you're the most unpopular person in town." <laughs> and, and then you said, "Keep it like that." <laughs> <laughs> the complainers had a particular fault of their own to me. Put it mildly. You said you told me that because I was standing up for the truth, and when you when you said it to me, I took it. That I took it that Prabhupada was had approved of my my work. <laughs> well, it's an honor to to hear that. But yeah, truth is. Uh, not expected to be popular in a world that is based on untruth. Pujapad uh, Sridharmarsh uh, sometimes said that um, he was a considered himself a plain speaker, which means he was was a truth teller, if you will. And um, he said it was um, uh, at the cost of spending a good part of his life. Uh, Largely alone. <laughs> of course, in the end, then, Prabhupada sent so many of all of us there who were listening uh, to get his uh, holy association. But, um, you yeah, know, truth, hard to come, come, come by in a world of uh, falsity. So nice to be with you all here. And uh, the idea behind this uh, gathering, which is... Uh, a little less condensed than the morning session in the indoor space, is that we get some acquaintance with the very spacious uh, grounds here at Sargrahi, which will take you a while to figure out if you wander around a couple of weeks or so. It's pretty, pretty, pretty spacious. We have 150 acres here. We have two mountains, the North Mountain and the South Mountain. We have three North-South Valleys. This is one of them and one large east-west valley as well. So we've been, we've been blessed to acquire this uh, property. And, and uh, this is our second building here, the bathhouse. In case you, you know, need to use it, it's, it's not working yet, <laughs> unfortunately. But uh, things, things take time, especially construction. But it's coming along and it will be finished, uh, at, uh, I think, in the first week or so of June, beginning of June. And um, that fits with this valley, which we've, we're turning into a campground. Some of you are maybe camping here, even in the rain. I don't know. I heard that. You camped here last time you came. And Rohini, you're, you're staying in a tent, right? <coughs> yeah. So uh, we have, like, I don't know, eight or ten campsites that we will put electricity to and, and water and so forth. And, um, and then we have some plans to uh, augment the uh, campground, which is an economical means of, of staying on here. 
once we you know have programs here and so forth I'll augment the tent sites with some cabins as well so that'll be a little extra but uh <laughs> It's, uh, there's an upper area to this as well that looks down into the valley where there'll be some cabins. So it's quite, quite nice setting. We need to do a little bit of, uh, planting, maybe some Japanese maples and bamboos and things, but, uh, some little bridges. The creek runs all the way through here, so, and there's a path that connects the campsites, but we need bridges over the creek that is moving like, uh, like the snake of love, Rupa Goswami says, Ahir, what, what is it, Ahir Gati, Ahir, Iha, Kutila Bhavet. Love moves like a snake. It means it doesn't go straight. It's, she loves me, she loves me not. It's the union and uh, and separation of, uh, of Radha and Krishna and also the manda, the, the, uh, the uh, jealous... Uh, side of lovers' quarrels and so forth. Um, so you can think of that when you look at the creek here. It uh, it winds throughout the whole property. I think there's a couple of them. I can't figure out if there's just one or there's several of them. That they're, they're everywhere in the valleys. And as I say, we have the mountaintops, two, two mountains in the north, one in the south. The south one is more developed at the, just at this, as we just kind of, as you come up uh, the main road, and just start to head on to the top of the South Mountain is is the Goshala there, where we have our cows and dairy. And Chidahari lives upstairs there as the as the cow uh, uh, the Goseva his main service. And then further up, it's very nice. We have some pasture and a beautiful site for temple and. Um, residences for uh, monastics and retired people and so forth. Over here we have some properties that have been sold to householders, Karnamrita and Archant City. They are here, or I see Karnamrita. They're building their house there, so they'll be the first to build a house that's underway. And uh, then the North Mountain is still available for whatever. We haven't quite figured that out. Amal Sham, some of you may know him. him and his, his wife of... Acquired some some properties up there. They want to. They're now in California doing a little um, fundraising for their venture here. They want to start a flower. Uh, what would you call it? Um, cut flower business in our four acres just just down the road here in the uh, in the um, riverbed acreage that we have, where uh, Kishore, where's Kishore Krishna? There he is. Has is doing our, our gardening there. Uh, work in progress over the years, but it seems to be under good uh, stewardship now with uh, with Kishore Krishna, who's also planted uh, secretly uh, wild ginger in the forest, ginseng, excuse me, wild ginseng. So in a few years, we'll come back and reap that, and it's quite a quite a, a expensive product, apparently. So. Thousand dollars a pound, so he planted 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 about a hundred thousand pounds. <laughs> we'll see what comes up. <laughs> but anyway, it's a work in, work in progress, and um, it's coming along. So nice uh, for for some of you haven't been here before. So a little uh, a word or two about the place. Luckily, we got a little break 
understand the weather and we can be here tonight. Um, but um, tomorrow's supposed to be beautiful, so if, if you're here in the morning and after the class, and maybe there'll be some tours or whatnot, or you can just uh, flow through the property and see if it, if it speaks to you. Hmm. So, welcome, everyone, and good evening. We usually, um, of these sessions, we open up the floor for questions. So, are there any questions tonight? Yeah, we have the we have a uh, some remnants from Prabhupada Samadhi that I've kept all the years to build a satellite of his uh, Samadhi in Vrindavan, and I have some of the artifacts of of Prabhupada Sridharmarsh also. So I wanted to make a combined um, Pushpa or Smarn uh, Samadhi of uh, two of them. Our two. Uh, Guides, you know, I'm a product of their their tutelage and, and good association and bhakti samskars. So I've got a couple sides uh, spiritually to me that have been guru kripa. You know, we're all a product of such. So, so yes, to honor them, we have uh, we have plans for that. Thank you for asking. There's a space for that up top. You know. Yes. It's said that Lord Chaitanya sometimes some that uh, kind of prayer or mantra, Krishna, 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 hey. Mm-hmm. And he also mentions Lord Ram and mm-hmm. like that. I was just wondering if you might feel like explaining why he was mm-hmm. that one. And yeah. So there's a there's a. I guess you could call it a nam nam mantra that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu chanted at times. Krishna, 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 hey, Krishna, 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 Rakshamam, Pahimam, Ram, Raghava, Ram, Raghava, Ram, Raghava, Rakshamam, Krishna, Keshava, Krishna, Keshava, Krishna, Keshava, Pahimam. It's a it's a um, a some verse that he um, chanted um, with the, we, we, uh, uh, the impression we get from Chaitanya Charitamrita where that's just mentioned that it was chanted um, aloud and sung, if you will. And he did it, it said, uh, on his way to South India. Hmm. And um, my mind that's saying that goes to the Boganda Leela of uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that we were, we were discussing this morning, and the, um, uh, the the role, the important, significant role that Vishwarup, the elder brother of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, um, played in his uh, Boganda Leela, as Balaram played a significant role in Krishna Leela, and Vishwarup is is the uh, is the is the early manifestation of, of Balaram and Gorlila prior to his passing in South India hmm, as a, as a sannyasi and uh, Nityananda Prabhu uh, appearing on the on the scene. So we'll never go a little bit into that uh, in tomorrow's discussion. But um, yes, Jaitanya Mahaprabhu went to South India and he chanted this. And 
course, uh, he went to South India after having taken sannyas and come and resided at Puri uh, and converted the king. So, you know, in times gone by, if you converted the king, then everybody was uh, converted. Um, usually, you know, by the, by the, well, the king says it, and you're in his kingdom, so you do it. I mean, Ashok's uh, influence greatly increased the influence of uh, Buddhism in India. But there's a difference in the way in which Jagannath Puri was inundated with uh, with uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's conception. Yes, he did convert the king and the king's guru, Kashimishra, Bhattacharya, Sarvabalma. Um, but uh, the, the king didn't need to use his sword or power to follow through and, and get the uh, rest of the inhabitants on board. It was just, these were the weapons of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, his arms raised, chanting in Kirtan. Uh, you have to appreciate the fact that he was only 20, 24 years old, and a whole kingdom, which was a very fortified kingdom, um, and... As such, the Muslim influence was unable to penetrate there. The king was protecting the Hindu uh, temple of Jagannath, which is the biggest temple, I believe, in, in Southeast Asia. And, um, and so pilgrims were allowed to come there. Jagannath was protected from Muslim um, invasion and so forth. And, uh, and the young boy came in and as a sannyasi, and converted the whole uh, place, um, and and brought with him a conception of Jagannath, who literally the name means Lord of the Universe, and was worshipped by all kinds of religious people, even Buddhists, tantric Buddhists, have an idea of who Jagannath is in their texts and so forth. So pilgrims from all over India were coming with different uh, religious conceptions and prostrating themselves before <laughs> Uh, Jagannath, but the conception of Jagannath that was entertained, experienced by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who saw him wearing a peacock feather and playing a flute with eyes that never blinked, hmm? because he saw him as Krishna looking for Radha and kind of contorted in a sense, um, uh, because he was Krishna in Dwarka, looking at Vrindavan. So, Jagannath Puri is a very like special place. It's like Dwarka fixated on on Vrindavan. Pujapatridharmarsh used to describe it as a train crash between two religious conceptions: the Vrindavan conception and the Dwarka conception. And Jagannath is, you know, there he is. The result, you know, he's him and Baladev Subhadra. They just coming out of a wreck, <laughs> a train wreck of uh, of ecstasy, right? Love train, <laughs> which can do something to you, so for, to be sure, <laughs> can have a transformative effect, right? So, uh, so uh, it's a, a very special place, um, as as we know, and uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu made it uh, special with regard to how I'm speaking about it. His conception of Jagannath uh, trumps all other conceptions of Jagannath and has become 
the, the prominent conception of who Jagannath is in the world today, and that, to some extent as well, due to our illustrious Bhaktivinoda Paribar lineage coming from Bhaktivinoda and its penchant for outreach and canvas and sharing of the uh, the um, the good news, the good tidings of, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, his dispensation. What is it that has our attention in the trees there? I see. Okay. Some monkeys. There you go. Yeah. Who said that? Was that you? Uh-huh. Okay. So, um, yeah, a very special place. And having converted the kingdom and... Um, and suddenly he decided to go to South India. You know, his mother asked him to stay in Jagannath Puri after he took sannyas. And um, he did, but he made a segue to South India, and it was politely uh, objected to by his intimate associates who gave reasoning why it wasn't a good idea, and and, of course, all of their... Speaking was motivated by the desire to keep him there in, in their in their company, hmm? and um, ultimately they had to acquiesce to his um, he being an Ishwar independent. You can do as you like, but but but, and actually he can't do as he likes. That's the, the fact about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Krishna. They are not independent of the will of their devotees. They're carved, as I said this morning, chiseled out of the love. Their forms are chiseled out of the love of their devotees. But um, they said things like, you're the Ishwar, you can do as you like, you're independent, um, we want you to stay. And, and ultimately, he gave kind of a, a trump card answer that, that caused them to acquiesce and say, yeah, you should go. And what it was is he said, I have to find my brother. And so they loved Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as as a family hmm, person. I mean, the devotees from Bengal would come yearly to associate with him uh, during the Rathiyatra and stay during the rainy season for four months. And uh, although he was a big sannyasi, he's still only 24 years old. And, um, and uh, you know, they knew him intimately grew up with him and Vrindavan raised him as may be the case according to their age and so forth so their affection for him um, despite his sannyas you know when he took sannyas then he was brought back by the the, the trick of Nityananda Prabhu to Advaita Bhavan and uh, and there he put himself in the hands of his mother and said I've done something in a, in a moment of madness how could I separate myself from all of you by this Saishvarya of of the ashram of sannyas and so forth, and the etiquette that goes with it, and so on. She was placed in her hands to resolve the situation, and of course she did so by um, suggesting that he stay in Puri, where the news about him could be heard, and the devotees could come and visit, and so forth. So, I mean, he's a sannyasi, and all his friends from the previous life were coming to visit him all the time. <laughs> so it's, uh, of course, he did it as a as a, on a as a as a preaching strategy. Hmm? His sannyas. But the point I'm making is that uh, in order to get their, their their permission, really, to go, 
um, he said, I have to find my brother. And I said, well, that makes sense. Hmm. Because they all, they, they were like, yes, that's why we're saying you should stay here, because we're family and you shouldn't go and you shouldn't, you know, we should stick together and so forth. And, oh, yeah, well, if, if you're going to find your brother, yeah, you should bring him back here too. Uh, he, he left early on and so forth. But uh, he was in his sannyasana, apparently he was uh, Shankaranya, and he uh, left on the plea of, of finding his brother in South India. And that story plays out that he found out that he had passed from the world at a certain place and so forth. Of course, there were other uh, more... Uh, that's a fairly internal reason, but there are even deeper internal reasons for his going to South India, and there were external reasons. The internal reasons are well-known, um, but the Charja Sarvabhoma uh, played the lead uh, role in uh, in bringing that about. He confided in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that since I've been converted by your, your presence um, and from being a, a logician I've become uh, a mad man, a, a babuka, a sentimentalist like you, uh, emotional and prone to singing and, and dancing and uh, and honoring Prashad in a very robust matter, manner. Um, uh, but the charge, you know, his conversion on the part of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was, was tested by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu a couple of times. The first time was that the Bhattacharya came to his his residence in the morning and very early and Mahaprabhu greeted him and offered him Jagannath Prashadam, which he immediately took the Prashadam. And Mahaprabhu said, you know, you didn't follow all the etiquette of the uh, of the, the Varnashram, the Karma Marg, only Prashad at this time after having bathed and so on and so forth. And and uh, so he was testing him, in one sense, to see if his bhakti was covered by karma. Rupa Goswami says, our bhakti should be jnana karmadi anabritam. Not covered by jnana or bhakti. Not, that is to say, be such our pursuit of bhakti. Um, it should not be such that we are under the impression that if we don't follow the system of Varnashram, then will be culpable for not doing so. Uh, uh, by, by not following that in the name of following bhakti, or that our bhakti will be enhanced by adherence to the Varnashram. These are two different paths. They, they, they work together in some ways, and both are important, but the uh, path of Uttam Bhakti, bhakti uh, transcends Varnashram. And if we think that our bhakti is dependent upon some adherence to uh, the rules of Varnashram, or that it will be enhanced by that, that is what it means for our bhakti to be covered by karma. That's uttam bhakti. Now, if you're practicing mishra bhakti, gyan mishra bhakti, then there's some place for Varnashram. But we are not practicing gyan mishra bhakti, which means we are embracing the the teaching of Srila Rupa Goswami Prabhupada, who says what? 
vanyabilashita sunyam gyan karmadi anavritam anukulena krishnanu shilanam bhagdir uttam. Now when he speaks about uttam bhakti, he's not speaking about uttam bhaktas in terms of realization because his his dissertation on uttam bhakti has three stages. Not just brain bhakti, not just bhava bhakti and brain bhakti, but sadhana bhakti also. So there's uttam bhakti of the sadhana version, there's uttam bhakti of the bhava version, and there's uttam bhakti of the brain version. And what it means is a conception. What is the conception that you have embraced and are following? Is it a, bha- a misra bhakti conception mixed with karma or jnana or yoga? Or it is, is it just ananya bhakti, um, shuddha bhakti, uttam bhakti? These are all... Uh, uh, synonyms of sorts for explaining, uh, for describing the teaching of Rupa Goswami. Hmm? So we, that's why Prabhupada some, would sometimes would say, all my disciples are pure devotees. We'd go, really? <laughs> uh, so, so we didn't quite understand it exactly. Hmm? Uh, but conceptually, we have the Nam Shrestam api sachiputram patra sort of, that Raghunathas Goswami speaks about when he says, in his offering his pranams to his guru, he says, I received from him the nam shrestam sachiputram, the highest conception of the name given by sachiputra, by the son of sachi. Hmm? Um, so there are different conceptions of the name. You're bringing it up in your question. Ram Raghava, that's not exactly the conception behind the worship of Ram Chandra as an ideal and the attainment of Ayodhya in Dasya Bhakti like Hanuman is not what was the, uh, the feeling behind Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's chanting of Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. Hmm? had a different conception. It's a Braj-Bhakti conception, right? Hmm? Uh, so, um, uh, so we have embraced that ideal. We're chanting with that in mind to attain Braj-Bhakti. And we uh, have embraced Uttam-Bhakti, not a mixed form of Bhakti. We may have material desires, the karmic influence may still have some play on our our lives. We're cleansing the heart, influence of anarthas and material desires and so forth. But that doesn't mean we're practicing mixed devotion. We're practicing pure devotion to do to to do away with these um, such influences. Hmm? But there's mixed forms of devotion where the ideal is different. Hmm? In, uh, there's karma misra bhakti. There's gyan misra bhakti for attaining, for, for example, gyan misra bhakti, uh, shantarasa hmm, in Vaikuntha. or uh, so that's, uh, at, uh, there are there are some better ideas within gyan misra bhakti as well. But at any rate, our ideal is uh, is different. Hmm? There's different. Uh, ways to attain Vaikuntha and different standings then within Vaikuntha. There's those who are in Vaikuntha primarily motivated in their pursuit of that, 
by the perks, as I sometimes refer to them, of Vaikuntha, to live on the same planet as God. Sounds like a great idea. I'd like to do that. Let me practice for that. Hmm? To uh, have, have a form like God's forearms. That'd be good. I could get more done. Whatever, however anybody thinks like that. To have the Aishvarya of the Godhead, to be an attendant of of God. None of these Salokya, Sarsdi, Samipya, Sarupya pertain to Vrindavan. You might think, well, we want to live on the planet of Krishna. Yes, but he's not that's not the planet of God. <laughs> that's the planet of Krishna. <laughs> right? They don't at least in the part we want to go, they don't think he's God there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, so forth. So, um, some persons, they have mixed bhakti, they're motivated by the happiness, the sukham, of, of, uh, of the perks, if you will, of uh, Vaikuntha. And then there are those whose, whose ideal is predominated by prem, hmm? and a little bit the perks, hmm? but primarily motivated by prem. So they'll have a another situation within Vaikuntha. I mean, there are many, many compartments there, many departments. I went to the, went to the Mennonite compartment the other day of Vaikuntha, right? I was speaking about that. <laughs> it's an interesting one, very somber. Um, so, yes, and uh, there, there's, a, there's a, so there's a form of Uttam Bhakti for attaining Vaikuntha also, in Dasya Bhakti, uh, predominated by Prem. But, um, but we are interested, coming from Mahaprabhu, in the idea of, 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 of Braj Bhakti. So we are Uttam Bhaktas in this, in this sense, right? As, and this is a very powerful uh, practice, the practice of Uttam Bhakti. Hmm? Um, so Bhakti covered by Karm, Bhakti covered by Gyan. Sarvabhoma was converted, and he was a big Gyani, learned scholar and so forth. Mahaprabhu first tested if his conversion was complete in terms of being free from the mix of bhakti with karma, which would have caused the Bhattacharya to say, thank you for offering me the prasad, but first I have to take a bath and turn left and worship the sun or whatever it is. Varnashram is just like the land of, the, the, of rules, country of rules. Uh, because it's on the low end, if you will, of the religious spectrum, within Varnashram is is the pursuit of material acquisition, hmm? which is the least that you could ask, uh, thing that you could ask from God. It's like asking for for ashes, right, from a king, uh, when he could give you a give you a uh, a kingdom. Hmm? So. Uh, uh, it's full of rules. Bhakti, on the other hand, Uttam Bhakti, is rule absent, to use Prabhupada's phrase. He said that our society should be run by the two rules, love and trust, if you can really call them rules. But you can see, if there's love and trust, then no, no rules are necessary, right? Hmm? I was once accused by the GBC of not following the rules. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> Iskand's governing body commission, they complained to Prabhupada, he's not following the rules. The rules were that they had to re- report to them or something like that. And and that I didn't have one of them um, uh, managing uh, 
my uh, my service. And Prabhupada said to them, he doesn't need a GBC, a manager. He's doing what we're supposed to... The best way to manage is to, is to manage yourself out of a job, right? So that you don't need... They don't need you anymore. People are spontaneously doing what's what's desired. Hmm? So anyway, the Bhattacharya came in the morning and he just ate prasadam and Mahabhu kind of chuckled and said, well, his bhakti is not covered by karma. He didn't think... He's honoring... I mean, in, in, in karma mark, you also honor prasadam and so forth, but only in this way first, these rules. And, and, in Uttam Bhakti, it's like... Uh, it said whether there's two things you shouldn't be shy about. Business and prasadam. Business and prasadam. Okay, you've got to be <laughs> aggressive in business. And uh, prasadam taking them to, up to the neck, right? <laughs> Uh, as much as you can digest, we should say. <clears throat> so, Mahaprabhu was pleased. Later on, of course, the Bhattacharya uh, um, demonstrated himself, orchestrated by Mahaprabhu from within his heart, uh, to test him with regard to Gyan. And the Bhattacharya um, showed Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that he had changed a word in the Bhagavatam. Hmm? What is the verse? Um, so the word mukti is there, and but the charger crossed out the word mukti and put bhakti. He was proud of himself for doing that. Mahaprabhu said, "But the charger, ji, you can't change the bhagavatam." <laughs> but he was very pleased within to see how the very word mukti was repulsive to him. It has a positive connotation as well in the context of bhakti, but he had been preoccupied previously with the idea of, of, of mukti unto itself as a goal and mukti being superior to bhakti, so jnana being superior to bhakti. So bhakti in that school is thought to be subordinate to jnana, culminates in jnana and bhakti is then finished, something like that. Hmm? But that's not the teaching of the Bhagavatam. The teaching of the Bhagavatam is that not that Gyan can give Bhakti, that's not taught anywhere, but that Bhakti can give Gyan, that's taught. Hmm. So, we know that. And so his Bhakti was not covered by Gyan either. So the conversion was complete. And uh, this is, you know, this is Sarvabhuma Bhattacharya, the most famous logician in all of India. Mahabhu converted him and treated him like his guru. Hmm? He was an elder from the same village as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, knew his elders intimately. Mahaprabhu treated Sarvabhoma like his guru, to the embarrassment of Sarvabhoma, to some extent, right? And so, but nonetheless, playing the role without thinking about it of a guru. But the charge of Sarvabhoma said to him, if you are going to go south, which it seems you're determined to do, and yes, you do have to find your brother, i got a suggestion for you. So, it said, Vyasu veti no veti va. Sometimes something may come through someone without them even fully understanding it. So, he said, there's a fellow in the, in, in the government of uh, um, Raj Pratapurudra, stationed in Godavari, hmm? and his name is Ramananda. 
I've met him a few times, but I could never understand him. He was uh, flowery with his words and sentimental, and I just kind of wrote him off like he was uh, not very well-reasoned and grounded. Hmm? But having met you and, of course, undergone the conversion that he did, I now know that you and he have something in common. And and if you go to South India, be sure to meet him. So this is the real internal reason for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's going to South India. And it was... Uh, uh, Brought about, in a sense, as I'm explaining, through the through the suggestion of Sarvabhum Bhattacharya. Sarvabhum Bhattacharya ki jai. Baladev Bijibhushan ki jai. Where's Haridas? Is he here? Oh, he's at a pizza. He brought it up last, last night. Bhaktivinoda conceived that that when Bhattacharya went to a private place to so-called educate Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the young sannyasi, at the um, with the uh, objections of his brother-in-law, Gopinathacharya, um, um, Mahaprabhu said, "Anybody he wants to teach me, what you know, what's the problem? This is Mahaprabhu. If somebody wants to teach me, I'm ready to be to to learn. <laughs> we have the problems with authority often." <laughs> Mahaprabhu didn't have such a problem like that. Kiba vipraki ye Krishna tatva guru hai. If she knows about Krishna, he said, she's my guru. That's what he's saying. Hmm? Whatever position, whatever station in life they come from, if they, ye Krishna tatva guru hai. If she knows the tatva, the truth about Krishna, I'm, I'm ready to listen. Hmm? Hmm? So, he told Gopinath, he wants to teach what can be the harm. I, let me learn from him. So, but the charge, or Gopinath was thinking, what will he say? What will that conversation be like? So he hid in the bushes and overheard the conversion of Sarvabhoma on the part of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in his recital of Vedanta. Hmm? In Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he has reasoned that this Gopinath Acharya, the brother-in-law of Sarvabhoma, learned Vedanta there and later he took birth in Gaudi Sampradaya as Sri Baladev Bajabhushan, Gaudi Vedantist of Gaudi Vaishnava Sampradaya, who wrote the Govinda Bhasha commentary on the sutras, that is the celebrated commentary of the Gaudias when the occasion arose and there was a necessity for having a commentary, which he himself states at the onset of his commentary, there's really no need of one because the great Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has taught, and appropriately so, that Srimad Bhagavatam itself is a natural commentary on the sutras. Hmm? Thus the Acharya, Krishna, in his Acharya Leela, didn't write one. Hmm? But, as the occasion has risen and the need for one, given the circumstances with preaching now and some objections in the, in the other religious uh, circles, then I've penned this one that I call Govindavasha. The speech of Govinda, this was at the Govindaji temple, which was at that time in Jaipur and still is, imp- implying that Govinda spoke it to me and I'm going to speak it to you. Hmm. So, uh, 
Anyway, Sarvabhauma was was uh, the, was fully converted. He advised Mahaprabhu, "If you're going to go south, meet this Ramanroy." Now, the meeting at Godavari is a real internal, uh, deep reason for his going south, because there, in the conversation between Roy Ramananda and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, hmm, there also you have a meeting between a, a sudra in the Kayasta caste, which is a sudra varna, that uh, it's a special caste that acted at times with uh, a, a, in a in a clerical capacity, hmm? a clerical administrative um, and chatri uh, uh, capacity. Hmm? The kayastas, the mercantile class, it's a big thing in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Prabhupada came from that group in, in Bengal. Hmm? So, um, the meeting of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, a high-class Brahmin and sannyasi, with Ramananda Roy, was startling to the to the to the to the Brahmins there. From the Varnashram perspective, they 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 wouldn't have greeted one another and um, uh, acknowledged one another in the way that they did, embracing, weeping, and then meeting privately and discussing for days on end and so forth. Uh, so it's, uh, it's again a transcendence is evidence there of the of caste and uh, uh, um, all such bodily conceptions of life. And that's where to whom or about whom Mahaprabhu said, means I took a, as my Ragmarg guru the Sudra uh, Ramananda Roy, uh, people call him Sudra. I call him my Ragmarg Guru. Hmm? Yes, Mahaprabhu had a plurality of gurus. He didn't ask permission, though, to do that, <laughs> which is not a bad idea. But you know, he didn't have email at the time, and so he, he could, in other words, the, the guru is not meant to control us, and he meant to free us from the control of material nature so that we can make wise spiritual decisions about associations and uh, and uh, and um, and being nourished and so forth hmm? um, this is what's all about how to find how to find sadhusanga so he said this uh, to sarvabhauma he he uh, excuse me to um, uh, ramananda they embraced and then ended the conversation so this conversation that we find in chaitanya charitamrita he comes in what is at the ninth ninth chapter, I believe, of the uh, uh, Lila. Hmm? and it's all about the the sadhana and the sadhya, the the, the the means and the ends. What is the highest goal, and what is the means to attain it? This is what the discourse is about, and um, this section of Chaitanya Charitamrita is, I've likened it to the Bhagavad Gita, in relation to the Mahabharata. Hmm? You ask yourself, what is the Mahabharat without the Bhagavad Gita? Hmm? It's it's ostensibly about Varnashram, Dharma, worldly affairs, and being righteous within the world. Hmm? Of course, there's also the love of the Pandavas for Krishna, but you'd have to be pretty astute to capture that, and 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 that's. That's if you learn the Bhagavad Gita, then you can go back and look at the Mahabharata and draw from it those types of moments. Hmm? 
where the affection, the love of the Pandavas for, for, for Krishna is expressed and so forth. That's the higher end. But it's couched in this whole Varnashram, Dharmic, uh, religious idea, not a Rasic idea, not even a Gyan. It's about Dharma Jignasu, inquiring about Dharma, religiosity, not about Brahman, what to speak of about Rasa. But the Gita's in there, that's certainly about, about Gyan, not Karma. Hmm? But, more than that, obviously. It's about jnana, as we said this morning, in the fullest sense, the Rajavidya, the Rajaguyam, the highest, the king of knowledge, the king of secrets. It's pointing the Gita, giving us, directing our intelligence to be focused on the ideal that is played out in full in the Bhagavatam, entering into the Leela of Krishna, is our ideal. So, uh, the Gita makes the Bhagavatam, or you see the Mahabharata, Whole, right? It's very beautiful the way it's it's where it's placed. Of course, uh, I've said on other occasions, the Gita is placed right at the zenith of the drama of the Mahabharata, where there has been this this diplomacy has been going on for some time. Intrigues have led to a potential uh, romances and politics and so forth to a potential war, hmm? and uh, friends and enemies. Basically, what does the Gita say? Dharma Chaitra Guru Chaitra. Yes. Mamakam Pandavas Chaitra. He said the part. Me and mine. Hmm? Uh, it begins with this. Us and them. Yes. Uh, there's the presidents and there's uh, the people. Uh, and. Uh, so he he he. It's this is this, the uh, Dhritarashtra. He was concerned about us and them. What did my sons do, and the sons of Pandu? Hmm? The Gita is saying, uh, it's one universal family, right? Right. We all belong together. We transcend these. My son, your son, friends and enemies. This is the focus of Prahlad. We're speaking about Prahlad. The character of Prahlad the other day on the Shinra Chaturdasi. This is so central to his being. No friends and enemies, right? Transcending these lower conceptions. Hmm. Um, uh, so the Gita, yes, uh, 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 it and it it comes just when diplomacy is broken down, and there's going to be a war. Hmm. Until everybody's on the edge of their seats, everyone's really paying full attention now. The book is is captivating in itself, but this is the 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 climax of the book. So everybody, as I say, has put their popcorn down. They're on the edge of their seat at this point, and they can't put the next kernel in their mouth. What what's going to happen? And Bhagavad Gita takes us to another another realm altogether. So artfully. The book is written in such a way that when you got everybody's attention and you, you give them what you really want them to hear about, hmm? what you really want them to learn, hmm? what Dharma is meant to lead to, hmm? to be religious is meant to be to to bring us in the direction of if we live in the world in consideration of the Godhead and the bounty that uh, the Godhead provides with gratitude and so forth, then we can. In, 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 to progress along those lines in terms of understanding what God 
has done for us, we could start to think, he's so nice, what could I do for him? What's he about? Hmm? Uh, and, uh, and, and, of course, he's about consciousness. He's really not about matter. And that I am consciousness. So from Dharma Jignasu to Brahma Jignasu, from Brahma Jignasu to Rasa Jignasu. And if you have good association, you can start with Rasa Jignasu. Hmm? And expect that the results of following the Karma Marg will show up in you first. And the results of following the Gyan Marg, realizing the Atma, will, will come. Hmm? And uh, in, in, in further progress, the prospect of the Atma in relation to Bhagavan, Bhakti Rasa, will come. We can inquire about Bhakti Rasa now. We can be interested in Bhakti Rasa. But we won't attain it now. Not right away. Not today. Hmm? Then we start. And we'll get these other effects, lesser effects, which are important, part of the the cleansing. If you want to decorate your... If you want to invite, as I said, a home decorator, first thing he's going to tell you to do is throw everything out. He said, I thought you were going to decorate my home, not demolish it. Uh, to throw everything out, lift up the rug, clean everything out first. Then we'll start the decorating, right? So, as the Gita is to the Mahabharata, so the Chaitanya Charitamrita in one sense is, or the Ramanand Sambhava, the conversation between Raya Ramananda and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, is, uh, is to Chaitanya Charitamrita. And it is the Gita being spoken again on a higher level, right? We have different levels. We have Bhagavad Gita spoken to Arjuna. What else do we have? We have Bhagavad Gita spoken to Uddhava hmm? in Bhagavatam. Uddhava Gita, it's, you, you study, you see its parallels uh, very similar to the Bhagavad Gita. And then we have the Bhagavad Gita sp- spoken uh, by Arjun in Chaitanya Charitamrita, where Arjun is the answerer, hmm? and Krishna, in the form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, is the questioner. In the Bhagavad Gita, it's the opposite. Arjuna is the questioner, and Krishna is giving the answers. In Ramananda Sambhad, Krishna Chaitanya is asking the questions. Gorkishore is asking the questions. And Pandava Arjuna, as Mahaprabhu looked at him, Ramananda Roy, in a new Leela, is giving the answers. It's as if Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Krishna in the form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, wanted to see if Arjuna really understood the Gita. Hmm? What is the highest reach of the Gita? What were the subtle, you know, implications of of what I was saying here and there that 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 only a only a very careful and uh, reader with a sympathetic heart for Bhakti would be able to catch and understand. Tushanti cha ramanti cha. Rag-bhakti. Samanda means samanda-rupa-bhakti. Kama-rupa-bhakti. Tushanti. Ramanti. This is the essence of the Gita, the high, the high point of the Gita, if you will. So we see Arjuna got it. Because as in the, in the form of Ramananda Roy, then he's giving them all the answers. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is asking the questions. Varnashram, Karma Mishra Bhakti, Gyan Mishra Bhakti, uh, Shuddha Bhakti of different types and so forth. It reaches all the way up to Gopi Bhav, hmm? the highest reach of uh, and, uh, and, and, and Radha Dasyam. 
particular radhadasyam it reaches this high and uh, uh, so so this is really the like like the Bhagavad Gita of the Chaitanya Charitamrita. So this is why Mahaprabhu went to South South India, that this could come out and we could uh, understand what the dispensation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is, is all about hmm? in the highest sense of the term. So that's the internal reason for going. Now there's an external reason, and that has to do with your question about why <laughs> Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was chanting things like Ram Raghava, Ram Raghava, Ram Raghava, Rakshamam. So the, the, there's the depth of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's dispensation and then there's the breadth of his dispensation. Hmm? Um, sometimes uh, devotees like to differentiate between Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's uh, giving the Yuga Dharma and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pursuit of Radhadasyam himself, personally. External and internal reasons. But if we look carefully, we should note that the external reason for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission, which has to do with the Yuga Dharma, is such that, as Krishnadas has said, he has taken the Yuga Dharma, which is Nam Sankirtan, Nam Kirtan, and he's woven it together like a wreath, uh, like a garland with praying. Hmm? So, by, and he's, and he's given it, that garland, to Nitai, to give to the whole world. Hmm? That's a fact. Hmm? To share with the whole world. Hmm? You have to understand, Nityananda is the magnanimity of the Mahabharata, the most magnanimous form of, God, of Godhead. He took his magnanimity and put it all in it in on the roof for a wide circulation hmm, of this um, uh, opportunity. So, um, even the external reason for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's descent to distribute the Yuga Dharma is intertwined with the distribution of the opportunity for for Rag Marg. That said, um, it it can touch has the power to catch um, persons up. Even from other influences of bhakti, uh, from other lineages in previous lifetimes and so forth, hmm? uh, Ram bhaktas, for example, and there were Ram bhaktas in Mahaprabhu's so among Mahaprabhu's associates, among them Hanuman, in the form of Marigupta, Marigupta, Kijai, hmm? first to write about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's life, came from Hanuman. Hmm? Now these are players in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's lila. The brother of Rup Sanatan Balaba, also a Ram Bhakta. Hmm? But if we study carefully, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission in terms of its inner reach is not affording us a window to Ram Bhakti, but to Krishna Bhakti. Hmm? But it could help Ram Bhaktas too, in a general way. Hmm? Yeah, it's the same, the, the Yuga Dharma is for chanting. You can find, uh, I know, a temple in. Um, in in uh, Padmanabh Chaitra in South India, where they they chant the Hare Krishna mantra 24 hours a day, they don't have the conception of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, so the name Ram could can apply to Ram Chandra also. Hmm? So there are a lot of Ram Bhaktas in South India. Hmm? So Mahaprabhu, when he's going to South India from an external point of view, he's reaching out in the broadest uh, way that he um, does in in the whole of his. His little, he meets Ram Bhaktas there. Some of them he converts, and some of them are so deep in the Ram Bhakti that he pays his obeisances to their Bhakti. 
Mm. They had obtained bhav. He's not about changing stati bhavs, but if, if it hasn't dawned yet, then his, his association might <laughs> have an effect on what your stati bhav w- w- will, will be. Mm. So he's invoking this uh, uh, um, chant, right? Mm. As uh, and it's an example of the breath, and to, to speak a little bit more about that, of his outreach, Bhaktivinotakur envisioned and prophesied that all of the sampradayas, Vaishnav sampradayas, will come under the banner and influence of the Gaudiya sampradaya and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Kali Yuga. Now, you might wonder, when's that going to happen, and how would it look? Does it mean all these followers of Ramanuja and Madhva in these Vaidimarg Sampradayas who worship largely with awe and reverence or entirely in Vaidimarg, even if it's in the Ramanuja Sampradaya, the highest reach is the, the love of, of, of the queens of Dwarka. Are they all going to, they're all going to be converted to, uh, to Vrindavan Bhakti and, uh, become gopas and gopis and so forth? Is that how it will look? And no, it's already happened. And here's how it looks. <laughs> all these sampradayas, hmm, they have all undeniably been nourished by the Gaudiya Sampradaya and given exposure to the entire world outside of India. Hmm? And that has been has come about by the Gaudiya Sampradaya and in the form of our particular illustrious uh, paribar or lineage coming from Bhaktivinoda Thakur. You should understand something about this lineage. It is the only lineage within the many lineages of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that has this penchant for outreach and sharing that predominates it. Hmm? And it's Bhaktivinoda, of course, was was in the, was absorbed in Radha Dasam in Manjari Bhav. He received his mantra diction association in a line coming from Janava Takorani, hmm? your patron saint there, isn't it? Uh, yeah. She is the consort of Nityananda Prabhu, who after his departure became prominent in the Sampradaya. But while Nityananda Prabhu's influence and outreach was in, was to put focus on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his gift, it drew attention and focus on himself in many respects, the result of which was a widespread circulation of Sakyarati, love of Krishna in fraternal love. When he passed on, Nityananda Prabhu at that time Practically speaking, practically speaking, the Dvadasa Gopals and Upa Gopals, who were his associates, they couldn't carry on any longer themselves. And they were aged, and they, they, they were, were passing on. And Janaba now was becoming the new kind of leader of the Nityananda Sampradaya. She is Anangamanjari of sorts, so she is giving a Madhurya Ras dispensation from the, the, the line of Nityananda Prabhu. Hmm? Bhakti Vinod's coming in the wake of that. But see, if you study the writings of Bhakti Vinod, such deference he has at the same time for the prior influence of Nityananda Prabhu and the Dvadasa Gopals and so forth. You can see in his writing why, for example, in the world, in Jaiva Dharma, which is one of his, if not main book, has he... Uh, 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 cast his two uh, uh, main characters hmm, in two different transcendental sentiments. 
Vijay Kumar in Madhurya Rasa and Brajanath in Sakirati and the Sakirati of Subal. He's saying these are the windows of opportunity that this Sampradaya um, makes available. I'm coming in the in, in Madhurya Rasa influence, but he sh- there's many places. Uh, I'm writing, writing something about it, actually. A book. Hmm. This is part of it. The whole chapter, uh, chapter of the influence of uh, this uh, uh, Sakirati, its role, its place. It's a subordinate role. Mahap- Nityananda Prabhu, no one has put more focus on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's gift of Madhurya Rasa than Nityananda Prabhu. Hmm? Hmm. And he has his own preoccupation with Sakirasa, and inevitably uh, some 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 uh, devotees have been influenced by that. And it's a very, you see, that the, the, the gore, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in Chaitanya Charitamrita is a very sophisticated person, hmm? and very internally, ultimately absorbed in Madhurya Rasa, and it was Nityananda Prabhu to whom he deferred for outreach, broad outreach, what he did, Nityananda Prabhu in Bengal. I mean, <laughs> it's this is just uh, it's, uh, him and his associates. They are the whole outreach of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu all over Bengal. Not only was their outreach theological, philosophical, uh, spiritual, and uplifting everyone to 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 uh, Bhakti. I mean, he converted the whole of Saptagram, all the seven villages, into um, uh, uh, Sakirasa. Hmm. But he also his outreach is very uh, has a material kind of parallel that goes along with up lifted them the, 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 the materially. Hmm? Uh, so Nityananda Prabhu, he's like there for you materially and spiritually hmm? in all ways, <laughs> in every way. He's your well wisher. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's like this. Uh, one hand he's gone, the Mahabhav, Other hand he's reaching out. And with it, he's pointing to Nityananda Prabhu, who's got two hands out like this. Mm-hmm. He's ready to bring anybody in, embrace anybody, everybody, bring him into Mahaprabhu's fold. Very, very generous and magnanimous. So the magnanimity and the broad, uh, generous um, perspective that we find in the Bhaktivinoda Paribar that caused him to interface with the Western world, modernity, and to... Acknowledge the Mennonites, for example, that kind of thing, and other traditions, and see them from a Saragrahi point of view. Oh, they're worshiping Bhagawan in this way, in this place. In his Gita commentary, he said, and when Krishna says he appears yuga after yuga to establish the Dharma, he said, it doesn't mean only in India. In other places, he may appear as Shaktibesh and preach the Dharma according to that place and time and so forth. He's obviously talking about Jesus and Muhammad and people like this. And he's got a very broad and generous perspective, and uh, his outreach is is extraordinary. And our Paribars is characterized by that. I'll give you an example. It's kind of humorous, but in our lineage, it's not without its problems. You know, there are many strands of it and so forth, and uh, and there have been um, there has been like in every lineage, there's misrepresentation at times and so forth, which is. Uh, disheartening and so forth, and as a result of that, um, some persons may leave our lineage and seek their fortune in relation to another Gaudiya lineage. In some cases, you really can't blame them. Hmm? So, and that, that, those are good lineages too. 
uh, hopefully we expect. And they have their problems as well. Uh, that's universal. So it's a good thing. That it's not like I just went from here to here and everything's now perfect. The teaching is perfect and it can completely supported by logic in every respect. It's a philosophy. It's trying to speak about something that's beyond words and logic and reason. It's going to have interpretations here and there that don't quite satisfy everybody's intellect. And over here they do yours, and yours will be satisfied here, and so forth. They think that it's all perfectly talked about here. Is um, some are better than others about it, and where it's perfectly talked about better, it may be less exemplified also. So. <laughs> So good to uh, um, stick with your lineage. There's there's reasoning for that, but also there may be instances where it's it's good to move move, move on. The misrepresentation is very strong, but then so this happens right in modern times. It's happened. And what do they do when they leave the Bhakti Vinod Paribar and go to some other lineage? Where they meet their guru, they're all happy, and then they say, "We got to print his books. We got to get them out there and circulate it and distribute them." <laughs> and the gurus look at them and like, "What?" You know, we don't like really do that here. And, and could you would you consider coming to the West? And uh, I wasn't thinking about that actually. <laughs> so it's the characteristic of our party bar. You can look around everywhere. All the Gaudiya streams, lineages, fa- fountains. Uh, you know, coming from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This is a, like a characteristic, a primary characteristic of our lineage. It's what we we just. This is uh, this is coming from Nityananda Prabhu. Hmm? This is uh, this side of it. So Bhaktivinoda is, is kind of in, effect, in effect showing deference to that side prior to Janava hmm? and its outreach in the form of his own outreach and generosity and so forth. Hmm? So there's a broad, a, a breadth, if you will, a, a breadth to the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission and there's a depth. Another way in which that breadth can be appreciated, experienced, thought about is is and how what I'm speaking about now, how the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is unifying or energizing, really, all these sampradayas through our paribar primarily. Hmm? Because with Prabhupada's building of a bridge from India to the Americas and, and then back, to, then another one to Europe from there and to South America and, and, and so forth. I guess you don't need a bridge there, but um, a train, he went, he did something, I went there. Yeah. So, I mean, Prabhupada's incredible. I mean, really, I mean, to think that in some places temples sprung up and had, like I was thinking of the Vancouver temples, one example. Prabhupada never went there. Vancouver, Canada, there were 300 devotees there at one time, all active. And that's just, uh, it said that if the, uh, there are Vaishnavas who, um, by their chanting, Krishna Nam, we chant Krishna Nam. And then there are those who just by seeing, hmm, they cause us to chant, Oh Hare Krishna. Hmm, probably like that. Just by seeing him, people would be caused to. I mean, he had an extraordinary, well, it's Nityananda Abhish, what can I say? In the language of freedom, where she's empowered by Nityananda for such broad, Outreach. It's it's quite uh, ex- extraordinary. We don't have to attribute things to Prabhupada that he didn't do, and some people do that, unfortunately, um, in the name of glorifying him, which makes everybody else bad. Uh, but we just have to focus on what he what he did do, what was his contribution, and really understand it, 
and uh, it's it's extraordinary, and it doesn't it's not at the cost of appreciating the contribution of others, which is extraordinary. I mean, I can equally speak about the extraordinary contribution, for example, of my six Guru Bhakti Rakshat Pujapad, Shri and other um, Vaishnavas as well. So, but speaking about him at the moment, and it was. Uh, Extraordinary what he did, and, and he's empowered by Nityananda Prabhu for that wide outreach. And in the context of that, if he came to a place like Bombay, hmm, and there were many Ram Bhaktas, he'd say, put a native Ram there. Let's nourish their Ram Bhakti. We can do that as the Chaitanya Sampradaya also. It's not what we focus on, but we can we can encourage them, and then they can they can go to the Ramanuja Sampradaya and get some more insight about that where it's actually focused on. Hmm? Prabhupada's campaign picked up some people from who have influence of bhakti from previous lives for other ideals than Braj Bhakti. Hmm? And being brought in by that influence, in time they gravitated towards those sampradayas where that influence and that ideal, for example, taining by Kunta, is focused on. So these are examples of how we have nourished these other sampradayas and given them, Prabhupada built a bridge, as I say, across from India to America, and other sampradayas walked across it. You know, it's one thing to build a bridge, another thing to walk across it, and, and he was serving them. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, he is in, 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 in the Chaitanya Mat there, he has the deities of all the, the, the acharyas, Nimbarka, Vishnu Swami, Ramanuja, Madhva, we are taught to worship all of them, regard all of them, and they. And Prabhupada's campaign in the Bhakti Vinod was such that that now you will find academic circles have uh, uh, studies on and uh, experts in Ramanuja, Madhva, Balava Sampradaya. The way these Western people that I'm speaking about in academics became aware of this all through Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Sampradaya. Hmm? Prabhupada came, built temples here, you know, rented buildings and morgues, <laughs> and ex Masonic lodges and so forth. <laughs> and uh, seeing that, hey, these Americans, they they got they're a little interested in this. Then in time, uh, uh, Ramanujas came and they built these you know big temples and so forth that the Hindu community you can find here and there, and some of them here in North Carolina and so forth. And they all have a, a debt and they acknowledge a debt to. Uh, 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 Swami, Swami, Swamiji's Prabhupada's campaign, and so this is the way in which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission has given life to these. Um, who would know about the Madhva Sampradaya if it weren't for the Chaitanya Sampradaya? It's the most insular of all the Sampradayas. Hmm? It's thought in the Madhva Sampradaya that if you were sannyasi, if you go across the ocean, that's it, you're done. You're, you're defiled, for that matter. Hmm? But there, there are at least, at least one in the group that's got boldness, got some in, been in, emboldened by the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's. It, it, the world's not flat. It's okay. You can go there. And Bhakti has the power to purify anyone and protect you from being uh, defiled yourself. Hmm? It's not Varnashram. That you've got to be careful. Keep your, keep your, your caste. You can't eat over there, you can't look over there, you can't touch over there. Bhakti's not like that, right? Hmm? You can pick up and associate with anybody. Hmm? You can purify them and never become unpurified as possible. So really, Bhakti Vinod's prediction has come true. If you really look at these different sampradaya, Nimbarka sampradaya, this is also. Hmm? 
I know people from Gaudi Sampradaya who become Nimbarkis and Balabas and so forth. They would have never known about those Sampradayas. And, and, and they belong there. They found their way through the breadth of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's dispensation, caught up with, the, with chanting the names of God, and as they came in further, they focused and found their ideal. And it was, was more uh, directly laid out in another Sampradaya. They found their way there. We honor that. We're happy for them. Hmm? This is a service that we do in the, in the, in the, in the broad sense. The Hare Krishna mantra is a universal mantra. Hmm? So you can, you can think of Ram as, as Ram Chandra and chant it. Some people do. So it's kind of with regard to the breadth of his mission. He's going to South India. He knows he's going to meet Ram Bhaktas and so forth. And he kind of takes on a, a broad Yuga Dharma perspective. Still, he did convert some Ram Bhaktas to Krishna Bhakti. But if he saw them, they had already attained Stahibhav for Ram Bhakti. As I said, then he paid his, his, his respects to that. Hmm? Gracious, wonderful, how do you say, glorious is that Lord who will not give up his servitor. And glorious is the servitor who will not give up his, his Lord. So, if you have real Bhakti for Ram, then we celebrate that, right? It's, it's not exactly what we pursue, but, but, but it's a noble pursuit, to be sure. Hanumanji ki jai. Mari Gupta ki jai. Ram Bhakti ki jai. Krishna Bhakti ki jai. Gold Premanande. So, what else? When will the prasad ready or no? We got a thumbs up on that. So okay, so let us stop if, uh, and take prasad. Mahaprasad ki jai. Go, Premanandi, Hari Hari.